The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Hold on to me as we go As we roll down this unfamiliar road Although this wave is stringing us along Just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your Good morning, Hamilton. This is Rob Golfie with Remax, the Golfie team. Welcome to the Hamilton Real Estate Show with Rick Samprin. And we have a special guest this morning. Hold on to your hats. Lou Tallarico is on the line as well. <laughs> Rob, Lou, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks and for having me. Lou, Lou is a, uh, he's a, is that Irish Lou? Uh, yeah, Irish descent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Tallarico. Tallarico. Tallarico Kelly, right? <laughs> is that is that because everyone always says, oh, Tallarico? That's it. That's it. <laughs> And those two fine gentlemen are sales representatives with Remax Escarpman Realty, the Golfie team. You can go online to robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Or call them at 905-575-7700. The Hamilton Burlington Market, one of the hottest in the land. We'll tell you why in a matter of minutes. They're all over social media as well. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Check them out. The handle is at Rob Golfie. And if you haven't done so already, get your hands on the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast wherever you download your favorite podcasts. If you have a question for the Golfie team, send them an email. That email address is questions at robgolfie.com. Again, questions at robgolfie.com. Uh, whether it's a question or a topic idea, send them an email and we'll, we can tackle it on a future program. Lots on board today. We're going to have a, uh, a COVID checklist for home buyers. We're going to get into uh, what improvements have you made to increase the value of their home. And uh, we're, we're going to start with uh, something that has really hit locally with a vengeance, and that is the the white-hot real estate market. And it remains as alluring as ever for especially those coming from the GTA. This is recording to a uh, new fall outlook from REMAX, which suggests that the Hamilton-Burlington housing market has made a strong comeback after an inevitable decline in activity at the onset of COVID-19 that characterized the Canadian real estate market from coast to coast. Both regions experiencing a strong seller's market with 80% of available inventory selling out each and every month. At the end of February of this year, the Realtors Association of Hamilton Burlington reported a 25.5% spike in the number of sales year over year, while the average house price reached $646,000. That was a 15.5% jump compared to February of 2019. And at the onset of the pandemic, Remax reported that Hamilton's real estate market was uh, characterized by three dominant trends, high demand, moderating affordability, and shrinking supply. And what we see today is record-breaking price increases for you know months in June and July. Uh, could this market get any hotter? Uh, it's, it's even hotter than the early 2017 market. Uh, I, I can't see it. Like, it's just... And, and the thing is, Rick, it's still affordable, even though housing prices have come up. Like, I mean, we're affordable compared to other uh, cities, mid, mid to large size cities compared to other cities uh, in uh, Ontario and Canada. Um, so, 
yes. How long can it last? Usually these spikes last maybe two or three months. Uh, uh, you know, if we get four months out of it, uh, we're lucky. Um, I, I still, the, the spike will, will eventually stop and it'll, and, it'll, and it'll come back to its level where it should be at. Now, it doesn't mean housing prices are coming down. It just means that they're going back to where before uh, this spike started. And so anybody that sells through this spike and it will benefit from it if they're not buying a house again. But if anybody's buying and selling in this market, uh, basically it, it balances out and it evens out. So it just, uh, you know, I mean, it's hard to tell. Like, I mean, like we're, we can't go by trends in the past because we're in a COVID uh, situation here and, and it's hard to tell. Like we don't know uh, because of this boom, uh, is it because of a, a delayed spring market or is it because, um, or is it because maybe there's a third of the population uh, that would have put their house up for sale, but aren't. So that's why there's such a shortage of homes for sale. There's so many different scenarios. And, and, and I think, you know, and I think this COVID is going to be around uh, for a while where we, we are going to be living this way. And, and, and this is just the way it's going to be. And uh, so next year, uh, July and August, uh, or, or June, July and August, we'll find out if the numbers match. And if they don't, then it'll go back to the normal, you know, the spring, summer, fall, and winter markets as they were previously uh, in the past history. So you just... Tough, uh, Rick. Go ahead, Lou. With, with a lot of buyers out there locally in Hamilton and the area, looking obviously for first-time homes and whatnot, those are the ones I kind of feel bad for because they're getting kind of going into multiple offers and they're getting pushed out of a lot of uh, offers just because, again, the surge from the Toronto folks that come in here with potentially a little deeper pockets whatnot, because if they sell their house there and come here with, with more money in hand, they have kind of the upper hand to, to a degree. So that's the thing that's happening right now is that there's just limited supply and a lot more demand, especially with the Toronto folks coming down as they want greener pastures, literally with, uh, you know, not wanting to be in their condos as much anymore. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just putting a lot of pressure on price. So Rob, you said j- just a uh, moments ago that uh, 2020, the the market right now is crazier than it was in 2017, and we all know how crazy that was. But could you have thought a, a year ago or even two years ago that this year, regardless of the pandemic, that this year would be crazier than 2017? No, no way, no way. And uh, definitely, the dynamics of uh, COVID has changed uh, the path of real estate, uh, uh, where it's going, uh, and 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 it's hard to tell where it's going to land. Um, I, I still think we'll land strong on our feet. It's just that we're just going through a bit of a, uh, just bit of a, a jump here. And it's just, you know, uh, now people are, you know, used to this kind of, uh, life that we're living in. So now it hasn't deterred people, but, but I, and I think the reason why the market is so hot is just because there is a percentage of the population are not putting their house up for sale that normally would. And that's keeping the inventory down, which is causing housing prices to come up. Uh, on top of that, it's also changed the buying habits with uh, companies having their employees work out of their house. Now, a lot of corporations out there are saying, hey, we're, we're basically saying you can stay home for another year. We're, we're giving you another year to stay home and we'll decide then whether to come back to the office or you still, still, still work at your uh, home, home office. Yeah, an example of one recently, Rick, uh, just uh, about a week and a half ago, uh, two weeks ago, maybe I had one on sale downtown uh, Hamilton here on uh, 80 Murray Street, uh, Century Home, built in 1870. Okay, but a beautiful, well-kept home by the family. 
a good Italian family had it, and it was an estate sale that I put it up, and I held offers, and we listed it at three nine nine nine. We ended up getting uh, fourteen offers, and it went for five and a quarter, five twenty five. Okay, so one hundred twenty five grand over asking with multiple offers, and of course the winning bid came from a couple from Toronto, a home like that in Toronto, a semi detached, you know, a home like that in Toronto, a century home would go for probably over a million, million and a half. So for them, they saw the value here. That's incredible. I have some. Uh some numbers to pass along from the 2020 Fall Market Outlook report from Remax. Uh, there are some eye-popping numbers here. Hamilton Burlington average residential sale price, and these are single detached, in Q1, 729000 Q2, 749 uh, The start of Q3, $804,000. The uh, increase from Q2 to Q3, 7.3%. And the outlook for the remainder of 2020, and this is all property types, an increase of between three and four percent. So not only have mm. we seen increases, mm. but there's the, the, the prices are still going to go up. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, I and I, I I don't know how, but it's happening, and it's just uh, and now we've got this influx of new buyers. More, not new, but a, a, another wave of, of GTA buyers coming into the uh, the Hamilton Niagara region, just because of the fact they're changing their uh, uh, lifestyle and uh, looking for something more uh, out in the, uh, I guess not rural, but urban uh, sort of outskirts of uh, Toronto. So here's some other numbers for you. Toronto is set to, and I'm just looking at the remainder of Q3 ended ended to Q4. The Remax uh, Fall Market Outlook report is predicting a 5% spike in prices in Toronto. So that's obviously going to mean you know more good news for those selling their homes here in Hamilton as those GTA buyers continue to come down here. Durham region, that price spike is going to go up by 14%, which is very interesting. In Muskoka, we know Cottage Country has been on fire. Uh, the increase from Q2 to Q3 is 11.5%, but this oh. REMAX report is expecting a 15 to 20% increase for the rest of the year. And I'm not sure what's going down in Charlottetown, but uh, the capital PEI is expected to have a 25% increase in all property types. So whatever's going on in Atlantic Canada, especially in PEI, um, someone's going to be making a lot of money. I can say that. Oh, oh yeah. It's just, uh, I don't know how, yeah. this, I, don't, I don't, I can't see how this is going, but. Well, I had a client too, the same thing. They sold here at a good, good market price and they went and bought a home out in the East coast because again, the value is there. So they're heading to a place where they still, maybe it's better, safer, cleaner for their family and they're, and they're going to drive the prices up there as well. And there's another stat that, uh, you got to do a little bit of digging, you know, apart from, uh, Nanaimo, BC and Regina, Saskatchewan, there are no dashes on this list. There are no declines on this 2020 Fall Market Outlook report, uh, which is in stark contrast to what CMHC was predicting just a few months ago with the market crashing and double-digit declines. We haven't seen that. Will we see it? Um, it, it, it if there's a decline, it's just an adjustment from uh, of, of because the accelerated, but it won't go below prior to COVID. Um, it, it won't go below that. And, and I don't even think, I, I think there'll be just a little bit of an adjustment, Rick. It's not going to be such a significant, uh, difference. And, uh, just there, there, there's always been a shortage of homes for sale. We know that, uh, sometimes, the the city, they take longer to approve permits for builders to, to build. Uh, and that's why they have lineups of people, you know, looking for homes uh, to to move into, and if 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 the city was probably 
uh, quicker on giving builders uh, permits to build. Uh, there's a high probability that the housing prices would stabilize um, and, and, and it wouldn't be going as rapidly up as it, as it is. We're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, uh, are you thinking about selling your home? Well, there are some improvements that you can make that is uh, going to dramatically increase the rate of return when you do decide to sell. We'll get into that and also a COVID checklist for home buyers. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Homeward bound, I wish I was homeward bound. Welcome back. You are listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. My name's Rick Samprin. On the line once again from One Markland, Rob Golfie and Lou Tallarico, sales representatives with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Check them out online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G O L F I.com. Call them anytime, whether you're buying or selling, 905 575 7700. That's 905 575 7700. Send them an email if you have a topic idea for a show, a question real estate related, or just want to you know get in touch with the Golfie team. Questions at robgolfie.com is the email address. And uh, go on to social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Give them a follow. Give them a like. At Rob Golfie is the handle. And if you haven't done so already, download the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast. Past episodes on robgolfie.com and 900chml.com. Still to come, we'll talk about working from home and also a COVID checklist for home buyers. But what home improvements have you made to increase the value of your home? There's so many different Uh, home improvement projects that you can undertake, but some will add a lot more value than others. Rob Liu, what are some of the things that homeowners right now, if they're thinking about selling their home, what are the first items they should be looking at? Well, kitchen and baths are usually really good, but they have to be careful. Don't, if if you're buying a house to flip, yeah, put the kitchen and bath, you're going to get a big return on it. But if you're living in a house and, and your house value is still good because you've maintained pretty well everything else. Um, uh, a kitchen, um, we, we have the, uh, what is it here? The kitchens are, uh, I have it here. I can't, bathrooms, bathrooms are 75 to 100% and kitchens are 75 to 100% return. So if you're going to spend uh, 20000 or 30000 on the kitchen, you'll get 75% return back on it. Now, when people are flipping houses, they're doing everything and they get, uh, you know, a big return because the house needed it. But, uh, but yeah, kitchen and baths are, are, the, are the biggest uh, returns that, uh, that you'll get on, on your house because that's the first thing people look at. And sometimes you don't need to do the whole kitchen. Like I had a client that, you know, they, they had a, a nice kitchen. It was okay. It was, it was a little dated, but the, the, the countertops were, were, were a little bit of a concern with the, uh, the old style. So what they're going to do is just replace the countertops with, you know, some granite. You know, they got a deal on it. And that's their thing. If you can get the work done and or buy the, the, the material at a good price and put it in, that's when you're going to get the most bang for your buck on the return. So things like that where you can put some countertops, some nicer countertops just to kind of make the, the kitchen pop. Then it's just, you know what, sometimes just painting and getting some of the trim that looks a little beat up, getting that done. And that's just kind of manual labor that you can do yourself for the most part. And, and that's a great return as well. Yeah, like if you if you refresh and reface uh, kitchens, uh, sometimes you got some wood cabinets there, and and they're old, like you know they could be nineteen nineties, you know, cabinets and stuff. Uh, companies will co- come in and they'll paint it all up for you, like professionally painted, and and they'll look like they're brand new. And 
instead of replacing them all, you, you actually just reface it and paint it and put some new countertops. Rick, the return is even greater on that than it is by ripping everything out and reinstalling a new uh, new mm. kitchen. So you don't really have to, uh, you know, break the budget in terms of redoing the kitchen or, you know, even finishing the basement if you have it partially finished. I mean, the rate of returns on those two items are great, but even little things like, as you mentioned, painting, maybe putting in some hardwood flooring, uh, installing a new furnace or AC unit, uh, those will go a long way to boosting the value of your home. Absolutely. Sometimes you you, uh, you can... If you have uh, paneling in your basement and you just you take that off and uh, you put drywall, and it, it, it wouldn't cost anything. You're, you're basically just replacing wall panels, and then you have to, you know, obviously get a drywall to tape it and mud it and everything else like that. But your return on that will be also greater too because of the fact is that I mean that the basement's already been finished. It's just, it's just that you're just giving it, uh, you know, a cleaner and more updated look with just putting drywall instead of having the old paneling from the 70s that's down there. And, and sometimes if you see that you have even either in the basement or in your living room, some older carpet that's been around for 20 years, honestly, if you just replace that carpet along with some fresh rubber carpet, it's very inexpensive to do. It just brightens up a room or just makes it pop with, again, a little investment. I got uh, three lists, uh, three top five lists. There's the top five renovations with the highest return on investment. That is the kitchen, bathroom, uh, repainting interior and, and exterior of the home, updating the decor and decluttering. The top five renovations with the highest enjoyment value, which is an interesting list. Basement finishing, garages, sunroom slash additions or decks and fences as well as landscaping, and the f- top five renovations to maintain worth, replacing the roofing, updating the heating and cooling system, replacing windows and doors, updating electrical, which includes the panel, the wiring, the sockets, the fixtures, and repairing structural defects. The one that sticks out to me on that is decks and fencing. Do we see a lot of homeowners putting in a deck or improving their fencing before they sell a home, or is that really rare? It, it, they do, but not as much as they work on the interior. Sometimes uh, we've got people that, um, you know, will restain the deck prior to putting it up for sale uh, or change some of the deck boards or, or, or fence boards just to, just to, you know, knowing that some of the boards are, uh, are rotting away. Um, if they're at that, at that point, uh, you know, they should, should replace the fencing. People look at everything um, and, you know, landscaping, you know, you're only going to get 25 to 50% uh, return. Um, five years ago, Rick, I, I spent uh, a fortune on uh, my landscaping in the front and the back. And I'm probably finally uh, uh, going to get my, my money back now after five years of doing it. Like, so, so it took, because I spent, I did spend a lot of money on it. I put a pool uh, I put, you know, an outdoor, outdoor, you know, kitchen with stone and an outdoor uh, fireplace with a pavilion. So, so I, w- I went a, a, a little bit overboard, but uh, I knew I was going to stay there. So, but now, right now, I'm just probably going to get my return. Uh, I'll probably break even right now, uh, right now. This is five years later. Uh, but normal, you know, but in general, just in landscaping, um, you can just, you know, if you do it moderately and everything, as long as you give great curb appeal to the house, it'll make it easier to sell. And you do get a little bit of, you do, will get some return on, on that investment on landscaping, but it's not going to be a hundred percent right away. So you got to be very careful 
what you do before you uh, sell if you're going to put money into uh, landscaping. We're talking about uh, what home improvements have you made to increase the value of your home and maybe one of the most expensive items on this list has one of the lowest rates of return and that is a swimming pool. Why is that? Well, um, so so the stats here with the swimming pool, uh, it, it was the lowest but uh, it, it, it's gone up quite a bit uh, in the last three, four months, uh, Rick, because that's what everybody's looking for. So the average selling price of a pool um, last year versus this year, it's up over $100,000. I mean, not, not the pool, but average selling price of a house that had an in-ground pool. And so from la- if you look at it from last year, this year, those houses have increased dramatically because people are looking for houses with pools. People are looking for uh, now, uh, you know, to have a, a, a backyard oasis. So pools before were 10 to 40% uh, return, but I, I would say now they're probably, uh, you know, maybe 35 to 70% return, right. maybe more. It's a key factor for sure. Some of my buyers and we were looking just for homes with pools because the problem is right now the pool companies are so busy. They're charging an enormous amount of money for pool and installations and they're, and they're delayed uh, with their backed up. So, you know, they're going for almost double what I remember pools paying people paying for pools just six, seven years ago. So I don't know if that's uh, yeah part of the, the problem, but that, that might be an older rate. but because right now the, there's definitely a lot more interest with homes with pools and they're selling for top dollar. That's interesting. More people are staying at home, working from home. They want to enjoy the pool kind of atmosphere. And if it's uh, if it's right in your backyard, you don't have to leave your house or go to a oh, neighbor's yeah. house or whatever the case is. Uh, the other one that I, I find uh, interesting as well is the construction of a garage. Uh, the average rate of return is 50 to 75%. If, if you had two identical properties, two identical locations, one had a garage and one did not, the one with the garage, how much more money are you going to get for that house? May, uh, probably, I'd say fifteen to twenty thousand dollars, ten to twenty thousand. It's somewhere in that range. Um, but uh, again, people prefer to buy a house. I mean, if there was two houses identically for sale at the same time, and they were both they were both done very well, uh, there's a high probability the house with the garage uh, would sell first over the other one if they were identical for sure, and it would sell for more money also. That makes a lot of sense. All right, let's shift gears and talk about the new COVID checklist for home buyers. We know that uh, more than 32% of Canadians no longer want to live in urban centers and instead are looking to rural or suburban communities. This is from the Remax Fall Outlook Report once again. Buyers now value space in a property over other more traditional forms of of amenities. About half the homes sold in Hamilton and Burlington since mid-March have come from out-of-town buyers, namely the GTA, Toronto Peel regions. Um, there's been a 74% year-to-date increase in the sale of residential luxury properties in Hamilton during the pandemic as well. Again, those are those deep-pocketed GTA buyers who are coming out. But when we're looking at the COVID checklist, when these buyers are coming to Hamilton, what's on their checklist? What are the things that you are looking for to sell them a home? space they're looking for um um they want to they want a basement that they can uh, uh have a, a home gym that's that's a, a priority there uh they want uh, a pool is is on the checklist for sure uh a backyard with you know that they can actually sit down and have uh friends over and sit out and, and enjoy and also maybe a bigger ba- uh, a bigger yard for their kids to play in so those, those are and, and a home office like a, a another you know a separate room just where they can you know, do their business where it, it um, like, like a den or an office, those, those are big check marks right now. And it, it totally changed, uh, 
people's uh, what, what they're looking for, especially um, the buyers that are coming in from uh, out of town. Uh, they're they're looking for all those uh, little things that uh, that can give them that satisfaction living and, in a house. And, and although they do obviously look for homes everywhere in the area, like the mountain and, and you know, Stony Creek and whatnot, but they do still tend to like the downtown core. If they can kind of live downtown and walk to the shops and the restaurants, they do like that because they feel, again, that's what they're getting out of Toronto, but they just don't like the congestion now as much. And they're finding that Hamilton has a little bit more elbow room as they walk around town and they don't feel as, 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 as you know, uh, claustrophobic. Yeah, the southwest area, like uh, uh, Lock Street area, that's a that's a great area. Yeah, that's, like those are great areas for people moving out of town. They, they like, like Lou says, they want to walk downtown, go to the restaurants and, and, you know, the cafes and stuff like that. They can just uh, sit down and, uh, you know, have a coffee or a drink or whatever. You mentioned Lock Street and it was, I mean, it is a fantastic uh, space. It is a, a, an unbelievable street, but I got to say, ever since they, they redid the road there and the sidewalks and the whole bit, it's even better. It's such, it's such a gem in our city. Oh, absolutely. And, and I lived on Chatham Street uh, year many many years ago, and it wasn't as as it is today. And uh, and I kind of I kind of like that. Uh, I wouldn't mind going back in that neighborhood because I see everybody walking. People have their dogs and walking around and talking to the store store owners. You know, sometimes they're sitting outside. You know, just taking a break. And uh, it, it's a really cool street to uh, to to be you know be able to walk to and, and hang out. That and James Street North for sure, two yeah. kind of cool spots. And then even. Uh, you know, the, the Ottawa Street shops, and that's kind of re- obviously revitalized, and it's up and coming as, as another area. So those are the kind of three areas that I see people from Toronto coming to uh, to kind of visit and, and, and kind of enjoy. So, Rob, you mentioned the checklist space, a uh, pool, uh, a backyard, a home office. Uh, has that pushed the bungalow off to the side, or are we still seeing bungalows being red hot? No, the bungalows are still red hot. Uh, they, uh, it's just that, you know, um, it, it depends on the buyer, what they're looking for, the age group that they're in. So we're, but, but um, people are looking for bigger now, especially if, if they're still in the, uh, in the work field. Um, but the retirees are still looking for the bungalow, you know, small space, uh, you know, just to enjoy themselves because they're retired. They're, they're, the COVID hasn't affected them except them being isolated. But, um, but anybody, but anybody that's in the workforce or has kids, they definitely want more space. Um, like the 600 square foot condo, they're going to a 1200 to 1500 square foot house, whether it's a bungalow or a two story or two and a half story or, or side split, black split, back split, but they're definitely looking for more, uh, more space, uh, just so that, because they're going to live and work at home now. So they're, they're going to be there all day and, and they want to be able to enjoy their backyard and, and enjoy, you know, room in their house to, to, to do different things. And because they're not commuting, uh, being close to a highway or close to the go, I mean, is that off the list now? Uh, absolutely right now, but, but, uh, but, but they're being cautious because like, like we heard, uh, Google and Facebook and Twitter, uh, they basically are, are, I think it's going to be work at home for, for indefinitely. And what they were saying in the paper from what I read so this is the new this this is the new way. This is uh, you know yeah. There there are those ones that still do want you to show up maybe once a week to the office in Toronto, and so it comes a little bit of a factor being close to the GO station and having that jaunt to Toronto um, accessible. But yeah, like Rob said, it, it, it's changed for sure for, for at least it's a short while. 
still once on the- a week is not too bad. Once a week going going to uh, drive yeah. into Toronto is nothing like going every single day. Yeah, yeah. People, uh, I think, can live with that for sure. But uh, on the topic of transportation, is the LRT still coming up, or, or the thought of the LRT still coming up when people are looking for homes in the city? No, no. It, now most people have vehicles, uh, so they're uh, it, like the LRT for. Um, I, I, it's not. It hasn't become a factor. I mean, we still have. I guess a uh, pretty decent uh, bus service from the e- uh, from the east end to downtown, uh, but uh, no, it hasn't it hasn't become a factor of anybody looking uh, for homes. Yeah, I guess maybe, in, maybe uh, it was wise we saved that billion dollars. Five billion. Five billion. <laughs> yeah, I guess <laughs> until until it starts getting built, it it won't be a factor. Uh, when we come yeah, back, we're yeah. going to talk about uh, working from home uh, and uh, how it may change the way people eat out as well. We'll get into that. Plus, we'll talk about um, a, a tiny house in Toronto that's old, way over asking. I'm not sure if you two guys saw this story, but uh, we'll yeah. talk about it when we come back here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Our house. You are listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. My name's Rick Samprin. On the line, Rob Golfie and Lou Tellerico, sales representatives with Remax Escarpment Realty. The Golfie team, call them at 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. Online, the hottest listings in town on this website, robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. At Rob Golfie on Instagram, Twitter, and like them on Facebook. And subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast wherever you get your favorite podcasts. If you have a topic idea for a future program or a question for the Golfie team, send them an email, questions at robgolfie.com. Again, that's questions at robgolfie.com. Still to come, we'll talk about this tiny, and I mean tiny, house in Toronto that is sold well over asking. But I want to get to this as well. Uh, Great article in The Spectator. It's an opinion piece, really. In uh, the headline, working from home will make it possible to live in smaller places and change the way people eat out. So here's basically the nuts and bolts of what this author is saying. Uh, recent real estate reports suggest sales are up 20% in many rural markets and prices have increased by at least 5% since the start of the pandemic. Cottage countries are exploding for two main reasons. Many want more space. We talked about that in the last segment uh, to get away from neighbors. And tele- uh, telecommuting is an emerging Factor, according to a recent Angus Reid survey, most Canadians now plan or want to work from home regularly, and an employee at home spends less on clothing, transportation, and of course, restaurants. And these factors are the same for employers as well. They're not going to go out to business lunches uh, and whatnot. According to Restaurants Canada, and this is a startling stat, more than 25% of restaurants in Canada that closed in March will never open again. So we're talking about 24 24- thousand establishments so people yes want more space they might be looking at a more rural uh, uh, living space uh, maybe it's Flamborough maybe it's in Waterdown uh, maybe it's in Bimbrook uh, away from the hustle and bustle but that's obviously having an impact on the restaurant industry as well just some some startling news oh it's it, I, and I, I didn't that's strong oh I knew restaurants a lot of restaurants especially coming into this winter are, uh, is where that we're going to see a, a lot of them uh, probably struggling even more because of the fact uh, they, they can't have a full capacity uh, in the restaurant. So too you, cold for a patio. Yeah, yeah, and it's too cold for patio. So you're going to find a lot of restaurants this uh, this winter probably not uh, are probably going to shut down because 
um, their, their capacity has to be almost full uh, on you know Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and, and maybe Sundays, just to you know just to keep up with you know the rent and everything. So now rent like coming up in the future, if twenty five percent of the restaurants are coming down, that means you're going to find uh, rental rates are going to come down too for people that are renting restaurant uh, renting space for restaurants, just because of the fact it's going to be tougher. And and I think if any restaurants are going to still be left standing uh, in the next uh, six months to twelve months they'll actually excel because if they're still, if they're still opening, because if you eliminate 25, 30 or 40% of the restaurants out there, well, all those people will end up going to the other restaurants that are still open. So I think those other restaurants may, you know, uh, you know, do a lot better in their numbers, but they're still limited how many people can fit in there. And I think we're going to be in a situation probably for another year, uh, Rick, that's my, you know, that's my opinion. But yeah, it's uh, surprising that 25% are going to be closing up. And it's sad to hear that because a lot of these guys, they work so hard to and put all their money into it and it's going to be tough. So from a residential real estate perspective, and we just talked about this in the previous segment uh, regarding Long Street and Ottawa Street, um, because we haven't lived through a pandemic through the winter and we know during the winter we're in our homes because it's cold outside, we don't really want to go out. But when we do go out, restaurants are often you know a place where we visit. Will homes that are near those restaurant kind of districts, Lock Street, maybe downtown, King William area, will they increase in price? Will, will they become more sought after because they're close to restaurants that are still open? I, I, uh, I, I think they will, but it, that's if you can get a seat. Uh, like, <laughs> yeah. Like if they're still open, like because, I mean, a lot of these restaurants, the square footage in them aren't that big. I mean, some of them maybe just have like 15 yeah. tables and now they have to r- bring it down to seven tables. Uh, it's going to be tough. Be tough. Yeah. Yeah. I have a, a neighbor of mine who owns uh, one of the establishments, uh, a restaurant in Lancaster. And he was just telling me the other day that, you know, since he's opened up in you know late June, early July, you know, sales are, you know, he tracks them very closely from last year and they started off down about 60%. But every week he says they're, they're getting better going to call him back from uh, from last year so he's down about 40 percent now but he sees that trend continue but again if, if that's because he's got a big patio that he's able to kind of utilize so anyway that's something that we all should kind of promote get out to restaurants try to support your local establishments if you can just get out there and you know what help your local restaurants out yeah well said you won't believe what a tiny house and i mean tiny house in toronto sold for we'll get into that we'll also talk about uh, if a property is haunted, are you more likely to buy that property or are you just staying the heck away? We'll get into that when we come back here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Last go round here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. My name's Rick Samprin. On the line, Rob Golfie and Lou Tallarico, sales representatives with Remax's Skirtman Realty, the Golfie team. Check them out online. RobGolfie.com is the website. That's Rob, G-O-L, 
fi.com. Call them at 905-575-7700 and check them out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. The handle is at Rob Golfie. If you have a question for the Golfie team, questions at robgolfie.com is the email address. A tiny house in Toronto hit the market for a million dollars and it sold $800,000 over asking. This was a two-bedroom, one-bathroom home in the uh, Euclid Street and Little Italy area. It went up for sale in July. It received a ton of attention, 14 bids on the home, uh, and it sold within seven days of hitting the market. $1.808 million. Unbelievable. Uh, it had it had sold for $1.2 million in January of 2017. It's apparently located in one of the hottest locations in the city. Restaurants, transit, the downtown core right there. Property taxes on this house, uh, $5,300. That's a lot. And it's like a shack. $800,000 over asking. I mean, did the buyer or or, did they overpay? You know what? It depends. It's worth what a willing buyer is willing to pay, Rick. I guess so. I'm looking at the picture online. uh, But it looks like a garage. Small, little. I know. It it is tiny. There's there's no doubt. uh, Like, they're not kidding when they say tiny. I'm not sure if this is, I'm not sure if it says the square footage on there or not, but uh, uh, it, it's something you would see like the East End, you know, small little you know wartime bungalow. Um, I don't know if they're what they're planning on doing with it. 1.8 million, that's a lot of money, and uh, I just it's, it's it, it must be pretty hot in that area. So. Unless you could put a condominium on top of it. Yeah, <laughs> but a high price. But it doesn't. What's the lot size on this thing? Yeah. this is like the size of a garage. <laughs> yeah, the lot size isn't very big at all. Uh, and yeah, if they're yeah. if they're planning to tear it down, and I mean the inside is is done up rather nicely, but if they're planning to tear it down and build something, they they can't really build something much bigger than what is on there, other than you know going up a level or two. It'll be interesting to see what they do with the property. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think like hey, I, I guess my story earlier in the segment about 125k over asking compared <laughs> this one, but yeah. Yeah. at the end of the day, yeah. uh, these are exceptions I think to the rule, and uh, those are what get promoted, I guess. Yeah, going almost double over asking would be virtually unheard of. Um, Would you two fine gentlemen, if a house, maybe maybe it's even this tiny house in Toronto, if it was haunted, if there's a haunted property out there, would you be inclined to buy that property and live in it? Um, I would probably look at the history and... If it was an investment property, I'd buy it and let somebody else live in it. Let somebody else deal with it? <laughs> I, I don't know if I would. You know what? You know what, uh, Rick? I get I get scared if little mice are running around and be, behind the walls. I hear a little noise in the middle of the night, <laughs> let alone a ghost flying around the house. Yeah. Rick, the question is, Rick, do you believe in ghosts? That, that's that's the thing, right? That's the thing. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. All. Like, I wouldn't be surprised uh, yeah. if they existed. I've never seen one. You know, you always get the chills yeah. or the hair, you know, on the back of your neck kind of raise <laughs> in certain situations. Maybe you're in the basement at midnight and, you know, you think you hear something, you think you saw something, but I haven't seen anything in my lifetime. So right now I'm skeptical, but uh, I don't doubt those that believe. Well, have, do we know, like, I don't think I know anybody that has seen a ghost. And, uh, Lou, have you? No, I've never seen a ghost. Rick, Rick, have you know anybody in your relatives or sphere of, like, friends, family? I do. My wife wife claims she has seen two different ghosts. One, yeah, one at my (laughs) old parents' place in Brampton uh, and at her old parents' place in uh, Chatham. 
uh, and uh, both times scared the heck out of her. Uh, one time she was talking to me on the phone. I was living out in Alberta. She was still in Ontario, and she saw a face kind of turn the corner uh, of her house. And uh, I was on the phone at the time, and she was literally freaking out. And the second time wow. at my parents' place, uh, we were in bed, and uh, the door was open to the bedroom, and she said she saw a lady uh, in a white ball gown kind of uh, walk down the uh, the center staircase. <laughs> and I'm fast asleep. Look. I don't know what's going on. She told me the next morning. Mm-hmm. I thought, really? Yeah. <laughs> Wow, I'm looking at Lou's arms. He's got, he's got, he's got goosebumps there. He's got chills. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Rick. If your wife was seeing, maybe, maybe, maybe she sees dead people. I don't I know. I don't know. Maybe she's got but... some powers. She may have some powers. So, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I've never seen anything. Anything has she seen ghosts ever since after that? No, no. We have had you know, quote unquote, activity at our current house. This is probably about ten years ago, and it was just you know, a light uh, was on. Or our screen door was locked and no one was on the inside. Uh, or uh, at one point, the um, my end table, my night table, the drawer was wide open uh, in the middle of the night. Wow. Uh, but again, that hasn't happened for about 10 years. But yeah, the first wow. five okay. years or so we lived there, we thought, okay, what's going on here? Uh, we yeah, actually had, we had, called Dan Aykroyd. Well, we had a, <laughs> we actually had a team of uh, we had a team of I don't know investigators, paranormal investigators oh, come wow. by, and they said that there was a an Angelo who was in the basement. And uh, was uh, around his uh, like liquor container, and uh, mm-hmm. ever since they came, I don't know if they did a cleansing or whatever the case was, but uh, they seememed to frighten them away. Oh wow! That's oh, the get, we got to get their names and put them on our. Uh, yeah, we'll have to get them on a future program. Of, uh, <laughs> get them on our list. <laughs> we'll get them on a future program, uh, yeah, for, guys. Contractors. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I appreciate the time today. Uh, good luck uh, in the next uh, week. I know the the market is red hot, and you won't have any issues uh, selling homes. And of course, if you're buying or selling, go online to robgolfie.com. Enjoy the rest of the weekend, and thanks for listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show. We're back next Saturday at nine on nine hundred CHML. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.